0: All right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry.
1: Good morning, Brandon Baxter.
0: Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's January the fifth of twenty twenty two. I think I might sound a step closer to normal today, do I?
1: You do sound better.
0: It's been a struggle bus for, uh, what is it, almost a week, six days now, me not feeling my best.
1: And I will say, you know, you were really trying to get um, people to give you well wishes and send mm-hmm. you encouragement yesterday, and you might not have gotten a lot, but I did have several send us messages yeah. kind of wishing you well wishes. I actually had one guy, Jason, yeah. say that I needed to quit being so hard on you.
0: Are you serious? Yes.
1: And oh, he thanks. might be the first person that's ever said that, but Jason, I'll respect that mm-hmm. and uh, I'll I'll try to be better when he's saying he's sick 17 million times no, uh, in a row because in five I, seconds. I
0: was sick, but I feel a little bit better. This is the first day that I've woke up in the last uh, week where I felt better than I did the day before because progressively it's been like I felt worse every day. So when I woke up this morning, I'm like, wait a minute. My throat isn't killing me today. It still doesn't feel good. I'm still congested. But I went to the doctor uh, and I went to see our good friend, Dr. Shane Spites, who I like to mm. refer to as... Dr.
1: Feelgood. I bet he doesn't feel good anymore after having to see you.
0: Um, yeah, it was interesting because I've gotten to know Shane pretty well over the last two years talking COVID, but I've never been to him as a patient. So that was, um, I don't know. It was awkward huh. for a second because I felt it's weird when you go to the doctor because you want to be at your best. Like I had checked ears and nose and eyebrows and Um, breath and all the stuff because I'm like, this guy knows me and he he knows me fairly well. And I wanted to make sure I represented myself well, even though I was sick.
1: You didn't want to have any issues where he would be like, oh, that one time when Brandon Baxter came in.
0: He's disgusting. So I bought those, uh, those breath strip things. I have him in my my truck, and that's completely a Coach Butch Jones deal, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got those gimmicks. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I'm going to have to open my mouth and let Dr. Spites look into my mouth, Uh I'm going to have good breath. Okay.
1: Did he say anything about that?
0: He didn't comment. Hmm. I don't think doctors typically comment on breath. Mm, Your breath
1: smells great. Thanks for getting it ready.
0: Yeah. He didn't (laughs) say that. But uh, So I just expected I was going to test positive for Omicron, and Mm -hmm. I got uh, the message that, I didn't test positive for anything, which my wife loved it, because then she, she has the opportunity to tell me that she had the worst case of COVID ever, and I'm not even really sick.
1: You know, both of y'all come to me when y'all are sick, and you say the same stuff about each other.
0: Did she tell you that I'm a baby when I'm sick? No. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know she, she didn't she have does. to tell me. No, because I know she does, because I, well, I had COVID.
1: You've come here sick. I've seen you sick.
0: I'll hear this for the rest of my life. I had COVID, I had Delta, and you made me isolate for 10 days. I'll hear this for the rest of my life. Anyway, <clears throat> feeling better. I'm feeling myself, feeling We're myself. Glad. It's Wednesday, January the 5th. It's whipped cream day. Hmm. It's awesome. What?
1: I, okay. I didn't know there was a day for that.
0: Yeah, you can celebrate that. Um, yeah. So it's also National Keto Day, which I've tried before, and that lasted about a week for me, and i I felt pretty good at first because I was eating like bacon and sausage and all that stuff.
1: That word got so used or has been so used, sometimes it just stresses me out. I'm like, can someone just not say keto? Well, it's tough, man, yeah. because
0: like you have to get over and, and transfer mm-hmm. to where your body's using uh, ketones instead of mm-hmm. carbs. And, and then I got to the point where I tried to lift a weight, like a weight I always lift, and I couldn't lift it because my body hadn't adjusted yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm done with this. <laughs> and then I started eating carbs again, and within a day, I gained every every right. ounce exactly. back. It's also National Bird Day today as well. So Hmm. all things you can celebrate as you wake up and start Wednesday with us. Thanks for letting us be a part of your day.
2: Let's throw one back on this day in country music with
0: Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 2000 and the chicks had the number one song in country music on this day. 22 years ago today This was the number one song in country music The Chicks It's Cowboy Take Me Away These girls were on fire Hit after hit after hit morning.
1: Yeah.
0: It's the chicks. Cowboy, take me away. Yeah. 22 years ago today. The chicks and cowboy take me away. Number one on this day in the year 2000.
2: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: All right, here we go, Wednesday morning, January the 5th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you
1: Good morning, Arkansas!
2: Brandon Baxter in the mornings.
0: Gotcha gossip. All right, gotcha gossip this morning on Kim Kardashian and Miley Cyrus. Uh oh. There could be drama. All right, so the story is, and this is a big story today, y'all. Just letting you know this, you're going to probably see this place is, is it looks like Kim Kardashian, oh my gosh, has unfollowed Miley Cyrus on Instagram.
1: Who figures this stuff out?
0: I'm not really sure how that goes. I'm not sure who that person is who spends all their day uh, doing stuff like that. But here's the story, and this is what makes it kind of weird is this past, uh, I guess it was Friday, New Year's Eve, if you remember, Miley Cyrus hosted an event with Pete Davidson, a New Year's Eve party on television, and then somehow after that, Kim unfollowed Miley. And the talk is, did something happen on the set? Did something happen behind the scenes? Was it some of the references that Miley was making about Pete? Hmm. Nobody knows for sure. Now, evidently, if you go and look, and I haven't checked in the last couple of seconds, but Miley Cyrus, as of last uh, the last check, was still following Kim. But Kim has unfollowed Miley, and you know when you unfollow somebody, that's a big
1: deal. Got gotcha gossip today on Jason Derulo. How about let's do some Jason Derulo? You want Jason do- Derulo? I sound just like. Him. So, apparently, Jason Derulo lost his mind for a minute in the lobby of a Vegas casino yesterday when he allegedly tacked two men. Now, I'm thinking, okay, Jason Derulo, I follow him on TikTok, I follow him on Instagram, and he's always funny, and he's a prankster, and, you know, all that. So, there's a video. There's a group of people that had taken out their phones to capture, hopefully, their moment with Jason Derulo, right? But instead, they ended up grabbing this footage of these two men passing Jason while coming off of an escalator, and you see Jason pouncing on them so you can hear someone in the crowd saying hey yo why'd you slap him dog all right and then a separate voice yells hey usher blank you blank Usher. Yeah, so in an apparent reference to Usher. So it's unsure, or or I'm unsure whether or not like the heckler thought Jason was actually Usher, if he was making a joke about the resemblance or whatever, but it set Jason off. He hopped over a security rope and allegedly punched the man in the face, forcing bodyguards and other people to try to intervene. So the video also appears to show Jason attacking another man and wrestling with him to the ground as they try to tear him apart. So there's all these eyewitnesses, too, saying that Jason didn't do anything to start the fight. So there's some people that are still saying that he didn't do anything but uh, there's also a separate video out where Jason appears to be taken away in handcuffs. So we don't know anything about the charges filed against him yet uh, but we don't know uh, if he knew the guy or maybe the guy had been heckling him all day. Yeah, It just seems like there's not all the story there Um, but Jason Derulo allegedly attacked two men for calling him Usher.
0: And we kind of see that more often now. You know we see the one side. We don't see what happened the five minutes before or the five hours before. Right. Maybe We're seeing what happened in the moment.
1: Yeah. Maybe he had been following him around all throughout Vegas and maybe Jason, he said something and Jason just finally, who knows? Yeah. Like the buttons could have been pushed mm -hmm. all day. Yep. Exactly. You don't know on
0: that. That's interesting to watch though. And got your gossip today on Robert Pattinson. You know, he's going to be the Batman coming up on March the 4th and Omaze has given you the chance to actually be there for the, uh, the world premiere with Robert Pattinson. Wow. So it's a fundraiser deal that's going on, but let me read you the caption, right? And imagine if you're a fan of Robert Pattinson or you're a fan of Batman, how cool this would be. It says, and I quote, fire up the Batmobile and get ready for Gotham. You're on your way to Warner Brothers Pictures, the Batman premiere with Robert Pattinson. You'll walk the red carpet with Robert Pattinson, take some selfies for posterity, and be among the first to see the film. Then to end a perfect night, you'll head to the VIP after party to celebrate.
1: How nervous would I be?
0: Oh, my gosh. Plus, they're going to pay for your flights and your hotel as well. So it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, so you can uh, go to the website omaze.com and you can go ahead and sign up now. There's also ways that you can uh, donate some money and get extra chances to win. But it's omaze.com. O-M-A-Z-E dot com. All the money goes to the uh, Go campaign, which is going to help provide children worldwide with access to health care, education, clean water, and all that. But it's a really cool thing. If you're a fan of Batman or Robert Pattinson, com to find out more about that. And of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we gotcha gossip.
2: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: I do want to break some news to you. Your idea for following Stephanie Maddow, the 90 day fiance, not a good idea. I know you've been looking for some side hustle. <laughs>
1: A jar on your own farts is not, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. not a good idea. Okay.
0: Yeah. Not a good idea. Okay.
1: yeah. Stephanie's had to quit.
0: She's had to quit it. What?
1: Why? Yeah. So
0: there's a girl. And if you watch 90 day fiance, you might know who she is. Stephanie Maddow, right? I've learned about her because she is uh, selling flatulence in jars.
1: Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Kelly, she's made a bunch of money on it. She's made <laughs> uh, over $200,000 selling <laughs> mm-hmm. her flatulence. No, um, mm-hmm. but she's been told she needs to stop based on dietary reasons. So what I found is the the little teaser. So maybe you're one of the people who who missed out on this opportunity. <laughs> Stephanie tells us why this is oh. such a, a valuable thing and how she gets her work done. Uh, here's Stephanie Maddow from 90 Day Fiance. And again, she was selling some... Uh, some toots.
1: Hey guys, today I'm going to be showing you a day in the life of a girl who sells her farts in a jar. So I like to get things a roll in with some beans, a protein muffin, sometimes even a yogurt, less sugar is better. Some hard boiled oh. eggs. And today I decided I was going to make myself a protein shake with some yogurt added to it. And Oh, I was feeling it for sure. Uh, while I wait for those parts to develop. I have okay. To okay. read. Okay. There so then go.
0: she tells us she likes to read Yay! and she likes to add flowers to the jar
1: why does she sound so pleasant like she's talking about something that's disgusting and she's like um and then i'm going to have Uh, uh, some uh. hard-boiled eggs like it's very um i don't know what i I don't know what i thought she should sound like
0: no like if you so give me the idea act it out if you're somebody who sells your farts online what do you sound like Hey, y'all. No, okay. So basically, she says that uh, what she was doing to her stomach was not good. Even though she made all this money, she could tell something wasn't right because there was one night she was laying there in the bed and she felt all this pressure in her stomach and then she had trouble breathing because she was taking in stuff that was supposed to fill her with, uh, you know, the gas and stuff. So she had to change her diet and take some gas suppressants. Let
1: me ask you something. it's, it's,
0: it's, It's ended her business, Kelly.
1: You're always talking about how, uh, you know, sometimes your wife likes to spend money every once in a while. Let's yeah. say, let's yeah. say she developed a oh. side hustle. Uh-huh. And let's say she came to you and she's like, hey, babe, we're making $5,000 a month now with my side hustle. Oh, yeah. And you were all excited and all that kind of stuff. And then she told you what it was.
0: Yeah. Let's see. $5,000 a month. I'd be good for it. I'd advertise it. We do some live reads on the radio for it.
1: You advertise. Yeah.
0: It's money. I mean, it's natural, isn't it? Natural? You were saying the other day that sometimes Uh, depending on what you eat and how much protein you drink.
1: Brandon. (laughs) You did.
2: Brandon, Baxter in the morning.
0: All right, so there's this crazy, crazy story out of Virginia. Maybe you've seen it. Drivers were on Interstate 95 and There was an accident, multiple trucks, and a major snowstorm. And boom, all of a sudden, traffic stops. Mm. There was a 50-mile stretch in Stafford County, Virginia, where people were backed up and they weren't moving. Because, again, snowstorm, people Mm. can't get help to them because of the snow. And there's all these cars in the way, so it's very difficult to move. There were some people stranded in the snowstorm in their vehicle for 24 hours. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: I remember coming back from Texas one time in the, golly, maybe mid-90s, right? And we came through, um, golly, right by Hot Springs, right off the road there. Uh, And as we're coming through there, ice had hit. And you know I was trying to get back to, I guess, Memphis or here. I can't remember. I was trying to get back before the snow hit, right? Before the ice hit. And I missed it. I mistimed it. And we ended up stuck on the interstate for hours, probably two hours, right? And that felt like an eternity. Because you're hearing people, you're hearing... You know, people on the ice, you're seeing people get out of their vehicle, they start walking around trying to figure out how they can get out, and it starts to really make you nervous.
1: And at that time in your life, were you married or did you have any children?
0: No, I didn't have any of that stuff.
1: Okay, so imagine having a newborn or a toddler or just a teenager that's mad because he's not going to make the party he was supposed to go to. uh, 24 hours.
0: 24 hours in your vehicle, stuck in the snow. Some people just uh, left. They said there were 20 vehicles just abandoned in the roadway. Like I don't know how they got out of there, but they left. And they say a lot of other drivers, because they didn't prepare for that, they ran out of gas.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: To make it even worse, right? Some people didn't have food or water. There were children, pets, all this stuff going on. Uh, Now it's been cleared up. Everybody's gone. Everybody's good. But it was a really big deal. People stuck 24 hours in the vehicle. So there is some advice we can give if you're traveling to an area where maybe this might happen. And you can't really ever be fully prepared for
1: it. And then I think, oh, my goodness, all these people that need to go to the bathroom in a sto- in a snowstorm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to go. You just have yeah, to get out and go. Yeah, I know. You don't yeah. have the option. Here's the tips. Like, let's say that
0: even, you know, because there's, there's talk of uh, wintry dusting and all the different stuff. Let's say there's something on the road and you can't get free. Here's what you need to be prepared for. They say you always should have an emergency kit in your car. Okay. And there should be blankets in there, flashlights. Uh, Non-perishable food and water. I have none of that in my truck. I don't either. So think about that, especially on weather days, uh, you know, like in the winter weather. They say always, uh, if you can't find shelter, stay in the car. Like if you can't get somewhere easily, Mm -hmm. like if you don't see it, don't decide you're going to walk to it. They say the basic rule is don't leave your car unless you can see something within 100 yards. Because they say what happens is sometimes you leave your car in the snow because it's covering stuff gets you turned around and you can't get back to Mm. your car. So otherwise, stay in the car. They say if you do stay in the car and there's other passengers together, you need to huddle together and try to get your blankets out to keep the body heat Yeah, because you don't want to freeze in the car. And they say you don't want to run your heater for any more than 10 minutes out of an hour. And they say that should uh, keep you warm enough But also won't run out your gas.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So random things to Mm -hmm. think about. I've never thought about any of that stuff. But just in case, like these people in Virginia, they didn't plan on being stuck on the highway for 24 hours.
1: Guarantee you they have an emergency kit and, you know, stuff to to plan now, right? I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine.
0: Like, it'd be bad with a newborn. Imagine, let's say, like, we took Ace, our German Shepherd. Or imagine it's me and my wife and my son can you imagine the drama of the three of us trapped in a car for 24 hours Uh, kelly you've been to our house (laughs) you know what happens in our house inside the house on a beautiful summer
1: day let's just hope it never happens
0: exactly man good grief
3: i know this sounds crazy believe me i know it.
1: it's crazy
3: that sounds kind of crazy
1: you must be crazy People are crazy. So most of us have seen the movie Home Alone, and the parents in Home Alone didn't get in trouble because they left their kid at home by mistake. It was, it would have been a darker movie if they would have done it on purpose, uh, right? Yes. Okay, well, a couple in Arizona just got arrested after intentionally leaving their 11-year-old son home alone for the holidays. They live in El Frida, Arizona, just north of the border, uh, border uh, with Mexico, and it actually happened before Christmas. Get this. The mom is 34-year-old Melissa Green, and she left town just before Thanksgiving. The dad is 40-year-old Bobby Joe Green and he just left and he just left right after Thanksgiving. Police got a tip and found the kid home alone during a welfare check check on December 12th. So it sounds like he had been there by himself for a full 2 weeks. There's no way. Yes. Luckily he was okay and had enough to eat but he hadn't been to school in 2 weeks. So child protective services <laughs> wow. took him in. Melissa and Bobby Joe got arrested after they finally came home from their trip. Remember they left before Thanksgiving. Yep. They got they got home I think after Christmas, so it's still not clear where they went. They're facing child uh, in, uh, charges for child neglect. Wow. So just like the real life situation, just like the movie Home Alone, except this couple knew they were leaving their child. But speaking of being home alone, on my walk yesterday, I saw this little old lady talking to her cat yep. from, her, from her hand gestures. There goes my... Um, from her hand gestures and her body language it was clear she thought her cat understood her. Really? Right? Yeah. So I hope I never get that lonely and senile. (laughs) Anyway, I went home and told my dog about her. We laughed and laughed. (laughs) And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon,
0: Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people?
1: Let's do it.
0: Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Ah, happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Wait. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthday sport today. Wednesday, January the 5th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Elizabeth van. Of Jonesboro, who celebrates today, this says love from Billy and Alex and Clay. Happy birthday, Elizabeth! Happy birthday to Saber King of Truman, who's celebrating. Hunter Murdoch of Maynard, Teresa Roseberry from Rogers has a birthday. Robin Edwards in Conway, Jesse Martin is celebrating. Donna Neal of Cersei. Harold uh, Harold Damron. From Monette's, we have Megan Hammonds of Truman. Misty Youngman in Augusta. We have Christy York of Jonesboro. Heather McKenzie of Maynard. Maverick Barnes of Harrisburg is turning one year old today. So happy birthday. One's always a fun birthday. Uh, Draven Pierce of Harrisburg 7. Elena Coffey of Truman turns four years old today. So happy birthday. And Gavin Dodson, otherwise known as the Gavinator, of Jonesboro turns 15. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say...
1: Happy birthday!
0: To all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities.
1: Kristen Cavallari is 35 today. Of course, you know her from Laguna Beach, The Hills, and Very Cavallari. How about that? January Jones is 44 today. That was Betty Draper on Mad Men. Happy birthday birthday today to Carrie Ann Inaba, who is 54. Of course, she's on Dancing with the Stars. Ted Lang is 74. He is... Isaac, the bartender on the Love Boat. Uh, yeah. Diane Keaton is seventy six from the Godfather movies and Father of the Bride. Robert Duvall is ninety one, legendary actor from the Godfather and the Untouchables. And happy birthday to Bradley Cooper! Oh yeah, who is forty seven?
0: Bradley Cooper. I mean, you can think about the different things, like I don't know, The Hangover, or he's Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. or maybe. I
1: love the team, okay. yeah.
0: the stars. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Bradley Cooper, who turns 47 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, Wednesday morning is here. It's January the 5th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you.
1: Good morning,
2: This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: We have Country Music News today on Kane Brown. So I'll never forget on New Year's Eve when my wife uh, said to all of us, oh, my gosh, did Kane Brown have another baby? And I'm like, well, no, we haven't said a word about his wife even being pregnant. And then come to find out they kept it quiet the entire pregnancy, which I thought was really cute. Uh, Caitlin, Kane's wife, has shared the video of how she told him she was expecting. And uh, it's kind of cute because he's laid up in the bed. He is out. Like he's got, you know, the room is dark. He's bundled up under the covers. And she's uh, the first thing she shows is the positive pregnancy test. And then she tries to wake him up. And like any man who is um, fully asleep and then woke up, he kind of looks around like, what's happening? And then she showed him the test, and he smiled really big, and Aww. he got all excited. It's really cute. It just makes him even more likable if you want to go and check it out. But Caitlin Brown is the account on Instagram if you want to go watch it this morning.
1: We have country music news today on Luke Combs. They got whiskey river on the tube box. A so, Luke Combs and Arkansas's Ashley McBride have been on tour together. And typically, when the tour is over, whoever headlines the tour gives whoever toured with them this parting gift, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Luke surprised Ashley with this amazing end of the tour gift. Ashley shared a video on social media, and it starts as Ashley enters what looks like a backstage dressing room with some members of her team. And as she enters the room, she. Kind of looks shocked Like maybe she had Walked into the, w- the wrong room Right And then she notices Luke is standing there With this bar cart That was personalized With Ashley's name and logo So it's this bar cart It's illuminated with lights With a remote control rope light And it includes A stocked mini fridge By Luke right. Three drawers for storage Cutting boards And more Apparently she likes Mixing and making drinks That's And cool. all that kind of stuff So uh, And I would love to see A list of all the headlining acts And what they give their team after the tour was over. Like, who has given the best presents? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing Dirks Bentley gave, after a tour, he gave everybody side-by-sides. Oh, yeah. Like those... Uh, those are awesome. expensive, yes. too. Yes. And everyone cool. got one. But anyway, Luke Combs surprised Ashley McBride with an amazing bar cart. You can check it out on Instagram. Just search Ashley McBride.
0: All right. and Country music news today on Keith Urban. This
2: goes out to the drifters and all of the dreamers ready to fly.
0: So Keith Urban is getting set for his tour, right? And he's giving us, the fans, the opportunity to help him uh, choose the songs that he performs. Of course, when you look at his music library, there's tons of songs. And typically, if you've gone to a show, you realize big artists like Keith, they can't do every single song Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work like that. Well, on Instagram, Keith says, working on the set list for the tour and decided to call a few friends for suggestions. And he goes on to say, there's no better way out there uh, than for us to all help. He says, drop a song or 10 that you'd love to hear in the comments. So if you're going to the Keith Urban show, you might want to go check out Keith Urban on Instagram and you can tell him which songs you want to uh, you want him to perform in concert, which ones need to make the list. And there's a lot of good ones. And the sun
2: like that one has
0: to be there, right? I think, I think this one has to be there. Take Right?
2: Don't take your I don't need Keith urban mm-hmm. I wanna love somebody love somebody like you
0: can I give you one I think would have to be there one of my favorite ballads by Keith hey,
2: it's on Sunday, like crazy.
0: this is a good ballad too
2: I'm love like how do you pick I don't
0: know like nobody Like your Keith Urban, you have all of these songs. So Keith Urban wants you to help weigh in and tell him what you want him to play. So Keith Urban on Instagram. For the grace of God, I, I must born a lucky
4: guy. Only knows how I've been blessed
0: with the gift of So again, check out Keith Urban on Instagram. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon
5: Baxter
2: in the morning.
0: Hey, here's a deal, and I really am presenting this for uh, one person primarily. Uh, if you're in the middle of a midlife crisis, what? What is it?
1: Are you saying you're presenting it for me?
0: N- I did not say that. Those were not the words that came out of uh, my mouth.
1: Okay. Well, do go you ahead. understand
0: the words that are coming out of Most my mouth? Most of the
1: time, I do not.
0: There's a new study that's found if you're going through a midlife crisis, that you should pick up skateboarding. <laughs> And they say that people in their 40s and 50s who are struggling with depression or want to boost their mood should pick up skateboarding. They say it's part of self-expression. Plus, it also celebrates uh, the fact you don't have to be good at it right off the bat. It celebrates failures, failures like falling.
1: Why don't you take up poetry or something where you're not going to break your neck or have to have a a trip to the ER?
0: Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying uh, because of skateboards, there's about 50,000 Emergency room visits a year based on skateboards.
1: So my birthday's coming up in May. Yeah. What here would we go. you do I'm if teasing. I asked for a skateboard and I was dead serious?
0: You know, I wouldn't think that much about it. I saw Dr. Dana Watson riding one <laughs> around Truman. and she is very mentally stable. No, we pulled in to do the tornado thing, and she was riding down uh, between the gas stations well, up she there. She
1: Even had the helmet and skateboard, her, her, uh, like elbow pads on and her pads on. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Anyway, so maybe it is a good deal. If Dana Watson does it, if she'll endorse that, maybe you should do that as well. Get a skateboard if you're going through a midlife crisis.
2: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: All right, so we've talked a lot about Betty White over the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, we lost her on Friday at the age of 99. Uh, We're about a week and a half from what would have been her 100th birthday. And there's all kinds of people who are telling stories about Betty White and giving us information about Betty White. Uh, tributes to her her life and her career, and you know I think we mentioned on the show yesterday that her final words were Alan, mm-hmm. which was her husband who had passed away before her. Ugh. So just can you imagine what she was probably saying in her final moments? Her last word was uh, the name of her husband who passed away something like thirty or forty years ago.
1: I would like to believe that he was waiting on her yeah. and she was seeing him, and that's what she said. Or,
0: or I'm coming home out or something like that. So, uh, there's talk about how much Betty White was worth. And, you know, you look at these celebrities like her and she was a huge, huge television celebrity, but she was a huge television celebrity before the money was like it is today, you know? Yeah. Cause like today's money, Oh, this person got paid. $5 Five million to do this movie. The Rock got paid thirty million to do a movie.
1: Jennifer Aniston got paid one million per episode. Right.
0: <laughs> so you see those stories, and it wasn't like that when Betty White was doing television in her prime, right? But they say that when she passed away, she was worth seventy-five million dollars, which to me blew my mind. Like I, I can see you know, She has you know millions of dollars in the bank, but yeah. seventy-five million. What I didn't realize was uh, you know hot in Cleveland. She did that show for six yep. seasons. Uh, She made almost $10 million from that show alone because she was such an integral part of that show. And they say that because of the golden girls being such a big show and the reruns and the the fees for the reruns, she's been able to make $87 million off of the golden girls. And that wasn't like, they were getting paid nowhere close to that when the show was on the air, but that just shows you how big that show has been over the years. And it has the staying power to stay a big show. But Betty White, worth $75 million at the very end of her life.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
4: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show.
2: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
0: All right, we're joined this morning by the Arkansas COVID expert. He is also my personal physician now. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he is. He is. He is also the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. He is the man we refer to as Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood, here we go. He's the one,
2: back He's the
1: one that makes you feel. He's the one to back to <laughs> his name is Shane Spites. I mean, do his medical students know that we have oh, coined this phrase? I hope they do.
0: What's up, man?
6: Uh, I hope not. I hope
1: not. How are you
6: guys doing?
0: So is it normal for the dean of a medical school like yourself, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State, is it normal for someone like you to have entrance music and and all that stuff when you make an appearance on the radio?
6: You know, I I would say that that, that's not common. If I can think of like other um, medical school deans across the country. Yes, yes. I have to be honest, I don't know many, if any, that have their own introduction music. They're not so, getting the same treatment. Uh, man, kudos, you, kudos to you for that. Have you started
0: signing your emails, oh, Dr. Feelgood? Okay.
6: <laughs> <laughs> not, yet, not yet. I'm getting close, though. I did, I did. The more you play that, I guess I'm, at some point I'm going to have to adopt that.
1: So
0: so are you, okay, that. are you okay if I tell people you're my new personal physician?
1: I don't think he's probably yeah, okay I, with it. I, I guess, since, since you just did. You just did, uh, right. Oh.
6: And just say, I look, oh. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess that's okay. It's not, if, if there's no violation of any doctor patient confidentiality if the patient says it. So.
0: Okay. I, will, I will disclose it. I am disclosing this right now. Okay. That, uh,
1: Thanks for uh, giving us. That I
0: question. went to see Dr. Spites at the NYIT uh, Medical Clinic. Uh, and uh, number one, it was great to see you in person because we don't see each other very often, even though we talk almost on a daily basis. Okay. <laughs>
6: Yeah, you got a little more facial hair than I last remember. Okay, so. see, is that what, that's well, what.
1: Well, that t- it takes him a second, Doc. I've been growing oh, it since the last uh, time we saw each other.
6: It, it looked good. It looked good. Here's I can remember last time that, that we've seen. Uh, yeah, I think it was an ASU game,
0: maybe. Yeah, but it's been like over a year, so it's kind of cool to get to, to reconnect with you. I had issues, and I was pretty <laughs> sure you were going to tell me that I had uh, Omicron, and you told me that as far as medically, you couldn't find anything wrong with me.
6: Medically. Uh Medically, I, I medically could not at the time of our visit let me yes. be very clear at the time of our visit yesterday, I could not find any any medical um, abnormalities uh, on my exam I, I will admit to that
0: all right, so Dr. Spites, when I get there, they put me in a room. May I ask you uh, publicly if you did this on purpose, did you purposely put me in the children's room <laughs>
6: So typically what happens is our nursing staff are pretty astute yes. and they pretty much recognize like where patients need to go. So oh. I'll be honest with you, I was obviously seeing other patients and yes. I was uh, working on charts. And so they showed me, they said, Hey, your next patient's in room three. And so yes. I trust my staff to appropriately put those patients oh. in the rooms they need to be. In. Well,
1: let me tell you something. I love your staff. They
6: put me in a children's <laughs> that was room.
1: Perfect. There were numbers and colors on the wall and stuff like that. You felt right at home. did you?
0: <clears throat> so I did take all my tests. I did my uh, my COVID test, both COVID tests, a strep test and a flu test, and they all came back negative. And I told Dr. Spites uh, the reason I was there was because I didn't feel great. But my deal was it felt like a cold. But because we've heard so much about Omicron being like a cold, I didn't want to infect other people. So I do believe I should get credit for at least going in and getting tested.
6: No, 100%. And let me let me go ahead and jump on that because you're exactly right, Brandon, because what it is, what we're seeing now, and I want to go through, I'll even go through the test that we did on you because the way you presented it's just difficult. Like there's nothing that a physician can do to just look at you and say, oh, you absolutely have, at this point you have Omicron or you absolutely have COVID, or you absolutely have flu. Right. The flu and COVID right now, the symptoms are so similar. You have to get tested for both. Right. And so that's why and what we did was we tested you for the rapid test for COVID. We did a rapid flu, a rapid uh, strep, and then we sent off the PCR for COVID. And so and if you remember, I told you this, continue to wear a mask. Yeah. Because until we get that PCR test back, we won't know for sure. Because we are having some cases of Omicron where the rapid test is negative, but the PCR test is positive.
0: So the way you guys test, I've been tested uh, other places, right? And and I think a lot of people have probably had tests in, in multiple different places. Uh, you guys do a, t- a test that seems to be very thorough. How important is it for the test to be done properly?
6: It, it's vital that you will get, uh, you will most... Uh, certainly get um, a negative test if the test is not performed correctly okay. and and I hate to say this it's an uncomfortable test it's yeah. just the way that it is but the manufacturers are very specific and the FDA is very specific as is the CDC on how the test is obtained and and by, again I I can't say enough about our nursing staff um, at the NYT clinic they do a phenomenal job all the staff there do a great job but they are very specific in terms of how deep it goes in, mm-hmm. how many turns that you make each direction with each nostril. Yeah. And it's just, it has to be a process that's followed exactly.
0: Your place does a great job with that. And, um, you know, so just to clarify, because um, I know from experience, you know, sometimes you've gone in for a test at, at different places and it's like they swab one nostril for the rapid, one for the PCR. You really need to swab both nostrils with both tests, right? Right.
6: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, to be able to get a good uh, sample. And that at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to make sure that you get a good sample. Right. Because what happens is, is if, if you don't get the sample correctly and you say, oh, well, it's negative, then that could be what we call a false negative, which right. means that you really are positive with the disease and you continue to spread it to people who may end up getting sicker than you are. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to do that.
0: Yeah, so the risk with Omicron, because again, that's taken over as the main variant of COVID and we're hearing it's less severe and I think that means that makes people think oh my gosh it doesn't really matter if I get it um, how is that wrong how do you view that
6: well yeah and that's kind of a misconception first of all and you're spot-on let me be clear we are in the middle of a huge COVID outbreak right now if you if you don't have COVID yourself for those for your listeners if you don't have COVID yourself you probably know somebody who does have it yeah. because it is everywhere right. now I will say this. The CDC has come out and said that 95% of the cases are Omicron. I don't think that's true here in Arkansas. Okay. I think we're a little bit of a lower number. We still have a lot of Delta that's being circulated around. As a matter of fact, most of the hospitalizations that we are seeing are from Delta, okay. are from the Delta variant. We're still seeing Delta variant. The, most of the hospitalizations are those over the age of 70, though we are seeing younger people being admitted as well. In terms of COVID cases now, the majority of the COVID cases are in younger and middle-aged individuals, but it's still the older ones who are getting hospitalized uh, and getting severely ill. Also, by and large, the sickest of the sick are unvaccinated. Again, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's the truth. Those that are unvaccinated are the ones who are more likely to end up in the hospital, have severe disease, or even have it linger for longer
0: to walk you through a, an exchange I had with one of my really good friends last night we don't talk about you know politics we don't talk about medicine much uh, but I was telling him I had to go get tested and, and one of the responses I got was I don't know if I believe the COVID stuff what do you think that is what do you think people don't believe about it?
6: it's a it's a myriad of things and I think unfortunately and this is something that and I don't know I don't I think we just have to get through it I don't know that at this point you can change people's minds there was so much that tied, and I, I still remember this, Brandon. I remember back when, when COVID really started hitting, you start seeing it hit the East Coast. This is back, you know, really early 2020, and you started to kind of see a political divide, like people were taking sides on the science mm-hmm. um, or the lack of. And I thought, oh, this is not going to turn out well at all. if If we truly get divided as a country, if we get divided as a community, and all of a sudden you know, what your belief is, is strictly tied to your politics. It has nothing to do with the science. It has nothing to do with the evidence. It has nothing to do with, you know, the information that we continue to learn every day about, you know, COVID and the vaccines and the medications. And really that's what's unfortunate. And you still have a, you have a, a significant amount, probably a third of the population uh, still um, ties on to this. And eh, I don't really quote believe all of this. And I, yeah. I mean, we've had patients and I, this is really sad Patients that are hospitalized, severely hospitalized with COVID that, you know, in the ICU, you know, family members that have died and they still won't get the vaccinated. They still, you know, think that a lot of this is political, you know, hype, which it's not. This is I mean, this is just infectious disease. And I hate that it's clashed with politics.
0: Yeah, Some people would say it's a money deal. Some people, um, you know, to me, it's like. How would that make any sense saying, oh, you know, it's about money or it's about control or, or all those different things that we hear? And uh, but again, and I've even seen some people say they don't believe the numbers are true. The numbers are really what they are.
6: Well, and unfortunately, what's going to happen, because the real numbers there's, you know, when you talk about COVID infections, obviously, you know, once let's say, for example, like the way it works is that. Let's say you were positive yesterday in our clinic. Right. Well, that gets logged in a database and that goes to the state, and then so that's how they get their numbers. That's how they so they they have access, or we have to upload this information into a state database. And it obviously doesn't have uh, people that take home tests; those people don't report that, and so you don't have that. Right. But you know there obviously could be errors back and forth in some of that. Now, not to the numbers that we're seeing. They, I mean, we're, we're using the same system we used, you know, uh, the last two years and the same system we used to report flu numbers. That's the same thing. So for decades, we've used this same type of reporting system. It's nothing new there. But one of the things that people that you can't dispute is death. And I hate, I'm not trying to be morbid about this, but death from a disease are things that are generally not disputed. And if you, now right now, when you look at COVID deaths, If you take a step back and just look at what we call expected deaths, and again, I'm not trying to be too morbid, but we generally know about how many people die in January in the U.S. And we've tracked that for, for years and years and years and years and years. You can look back, and we know that. When you look back at the last two years, there's a significant increase in the number of people that have died just during this time period compared to the last 10, 20, 30 years previously with normal flu outbreaks and things like that. So right. there will be a lot more papers and books and data that comes out well after this pandemic is over that I think is going to show that this was probably much more severe than people realized.
0: You mentioned the, the at-home tests. I know more people are trying to get those and have, have those on standby. How accurate are those compared to going to a clinic or a hospital?
6: Those are fairly accurate if you're actively shedding the virus. And so if you do the test, the way that the instructions are that come with the test kit, um, those can be fairly accurate. Now, the problem with a rapid test is that in general, it's not used for screening. So it's not one of those things where you should you should depend upon it. Like I don't have any symptoms at all. I'm just going to take this home test and see if I'm positive. So at that time, that's not a best use of that test. Um, The best use of those tests are when you have symptoms. Oh, I don't feel good. I've got congestion. I've got a sore throat. I've got a fever. That's when you would take the test, and it's going to be more reliable then.
0: So Arkansas sees, uh, saw yesterday, the highest number of new COVID cases in the history of, of COVID. But we're hearing that hospitalizations, even though they're rising, they're not rising at as rapid of a rate. Uh, what does that look like as we go forward? Are we about to the peak for Arkansas, or are we still not there yet?
6: So so you're absolutely correct. We're seeing the hospitalizations are not going up at the rate that the infections are. And that is an example of Omicron. We do know, and there's about seven studies, six or seven studies that have now come out, and they're all consistent in terms of Omicron does seem to be less severe in terms of its ability to infect the lungs in terms of its ability to what we call the virulence, or the ability to make you sick um, to the point where you get hospitalized on the ventilator. And so this Omicron is less severe. That is true. And again, yeah. we've got about six studies that have just come out that have kind of confirmed that. All those studies are in agreement. So that's, that's good news. So who's being hospitalized? Right now it's people that have been infected with Delta or it's an elderly person who's infected with Omicron. Gotcha. Because just because... Omicron is less severe, it doesn't mean it's less severe for everybody. So, really, those 70 and older, we're seeing those are the highest number of hospitalizations. So, individuals 70 and older. And that's when it goes back to, hey, you know, I'm not 70, but I could infect somebody who's 70 that ends up in the hospital, and I don't want to do that. And that's where we get into masking, vaccination. If you're sick, stay home.
0: And right now, if you have been vaccinated, let's say you had uh, one of the two shot Moderna or Pfizer. <clears throat> and you had both doses, but you haven't uh, received the booster. Is now the time to go get the booster, or is it almost too late because of, of what we're seeing where data says that maybe we're going to see the peak by the end of January?
6: Yeah, so um, at this point, you should still get the booster. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, and first of all, you're right. If you've only got two shots of the Moderna or the Pfizer, probably only 30 to 50% effective in terms of protecting you, which is really not much protection at all. That number jumps up between 70 to 80% with the booster. And so really, to get your protection, you need to have the booster shot of Moderna or Pfizer uh, to be protected against Omicron in terms of severe disease. That doesn't mean that you may not get a little bit of a runny nose or congestion, uh, but you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be on the ventilator. So the booster is certainly recommended. In terms of the peak, that's being debated. And so when we look at other countries, uh, yes, it went up quickly and it goes down fairly quickly. The last number that I heard just this morning was middle of February, middle to first oh. of February. So, so we still got a little bit longer in terms of now. And some of that may be just depending on how states around us go, because like we know that New York's getting hammered right now. Mississippi and Louisiana around us are, are, are hot spots. Um, really, Texas hasn't seen the increase that we've expected from them. So they'll, they'll see it. Missouri's pretty, pretty hot right now. So certainly over the next two to four weeks, we're going to probably continue to deal with this. Hopefully, we'll be on the downward trend uh, in the next two weeks or so. But that's just that's truly just a guess. Right. But all that to say is that, yeah, get your booster. Because if you hadn't gotten sick now, uh, the likelihood is that you will at some point. So you want to be boosted and be protected. Because, I mean, nobody really wants to get that sick. So go ahead and get your booster. And remember, it takes about 14 days once you get that booster for it to be fully effective. It doesn't take effect immediately after you get it. It takes a little bit for that immunity to build up, anywhere from 10 to 14 days.
0: Again, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He's my personal physician uh, as well because he Mm -hmm. saw me at the NYIT clinic. Uh, Shane, who all can use the clinic? Is it open to everybody?
6: It is. It actually is. It's located there on the A-State campus. It's actually Uh, Right there, I'm in the same building. There's a a Saint Bernard's uh, Urgent Care that's in the same building. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're on the back side of that building there, and you see the sign there, the NYT Clinic sign. Um, And yeah, we've got we're we're fortunate as a medical school. Obviously, we have pediatricians and infectious disease doctors and OB/GYN and family medicine. So we've got all kinds of doctors and. Uh, they take appointments, uh, so you can just call them and make an appointment there. But um, we also serve, uh, readily serve the A-State community of uh, A-State students, mm-hmm. uh, staff, and faculty. But uh, yeah, just for any needs at all, we're happy to see anybody.
0: Yeah, I've been very impressed by the team there. Unfortunately, uh, for us, you know, myself, my wife, my son, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and my co-host, we've all been to you over the course of the last couple of weeks. And uh, <laughs> you guys have done a great job taking care of us, and we appreciate the team at the NYIT uh, clinic as well. Appreciate you guys. Y'all stay safe. All right. We'll talk to you next week. It's Dr. Shane right. Spites, Dr. Feelgood right there on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc.
2: You're listening to Brendan Baxter in the morning.
1: Right here.
2: On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services.
0: We're joined this morning by Michael Wewers from the FOA, the Foundation of Arts in Jonesboro. Michael, good morning. How are you?
7: Good morning, sir. How are y'all doing today? We're doing all right.
0: Kelly was talking before we got on the phone with you. She loves the way you tell people how to pronounce your name.
7: So we oh, were. Yes, yes, sir. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it one more time. Yeah. It's, if you're really Southern, you say we was going to the store. We was going downtown or we was going to the FOA. Yeah, there you go. We were
1: going yeah. to the FOA. So
0: if you see Michael's yes, name out there, that's yeah. what it is. We Yes.
7: Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, huh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how you been, man? Good, good. It's a new year, you know, and uh just excited about, you know, twenty twenty two. See I got that right, twenty twenty two. And oh, yeah. uh uh, you know, we just got through with the uh uh nutcracker and that was like a big end of the year thing for us and uh things are just going great. I'm just I'm just really excited about what this new year brings for the FOA.
0: Yeah, so obviously every year we look at a, at a new year as an opportunity for growth and, and you know, pushing the mission forward of the FOA, which is really to get people involved with the arts, for them to find their place in the arts, for community outreach, to allow people to find their confidence. I love that about FOA, but as you look at what you're planning for 2022, what does this, let's even kind of narrow it down to the first quarter. What does the first quarter look like for FOA Jonesboro?
7: Well, we've got, we've got some exciting things. Just like the end of this month, we've got a brand new thing that we started. That's the funny thing about the FOA is we're always about the next new thing and start something new and try something new. So I that's what makes my job really exciting every day. You know, if somebody's got an idea that we'll run through a staff meeting and then all of a sudden it gains momentum and we take off with it. And so it's it's really uh it's really awesome to see how that kinda of starts and how it kinda of ends and you know how it did. But uh, at the end of this month we have brunch with Cinderella and friends. Now, that's kind of like our breakfast with ballerinas. This is where you can go, and we're going to have a little brunch, like from 10 to 2 at the end of this month, and uh, Cinderella will be there. There'll be some dancing, and there'll be some singing, and that's going to lead up to Cinderella coming up in February. Now, Cinderella is uh, on Valentine's weekend, so gentlemen out there, if you need a good date night and you want to just do something that's a little bit different besides some candy and some flowers, Get the tickets, Cinderella, and then you can go watch the show. And then after the show, you can walk down Main Street there and go to one of our fine restaurants downtown and get you something until you do a dinner and a great date night. So I'm trying to really promote that for the gentlemen. Come out ahead this year for Valentine's Day.
0: That sounds awesome. So if people want to find out more about Brunch with Cinderella and their performances, I guess the website's the best spot to go get the information, right?
7: Yes, that's foajohnsbrill.org. Or you can always call our box office, uh, 935-2726. And uh, we'll give you all the information. So now, January is uh, a big—we call it a, a let's say a La Palosa of uh, auditions. So we have a Swan Lake, which is the ballet audition coming up this month. Willy Wonka uh, auditions are coming up this month, and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. So if you're interested in participating in any of those, just please call us, and we'll give you some information on how to how to audition for those. So,
0: what ages are you looking for for these auditions, Michael?
7: Well, that Willie Wonka is, is seven and up. Swan Lake, I think it's don't don't. I think it's from like thirteen and up. Now that's a ballet, and you need to be enrolled, so you can come and enroll in one of our classes and also get to participate in Swan Lake coming up later in the year. And then a funny thing, I think it's all age ranges. So if you have any questions about that, just and you want to be in something, uh, if you have that initiative or a drive that you think you want to be in something, just call up there and we'll find something that's coming up for you to be in no matter what age you are.
0: Yeah, there's going to be people who obviously know what you guys do and they've been involved in FOA Jonesboro and they realize what that can bring out of them. There's also going to be people who hear us this morning who have uh, never really even thought about uh, getting involved. They don't really know how to go about doing that. And again, FOAJonesboro.org has the information. But again, we talk every time that you and I have the chance to to kind of get together, we talk about how people really can find themselves and they can find uh, their outlet, their place where they can feel comfortable. Uh, And that's my favorite thing about FOA is because each person has a talent and a gift. We just have to sometimes figure out what it is. Not everybody can go out there and play basketball. Not everybody's a football player. Uh, maybe, Maybe you're a singer. Maybe you're a dancer. Maybe you're a painter. Maybe you're an actor. Maybe you're somebody who works behind the scenes. FOA Jonesboro opens those doors for so many different people.
7: Yeah, that, that is so true, and you know, like I say, I always love talking to you because you're just a great spokesman for the FOA, and I really appreciate you, but you're right, I mean, I, we believe that everybody's an artist in some type of way, in some form, maybe it's not brought it out yet, but we've got an outlet, like you say, from, from working behind the stage to being on stage to taking one of our art classes, vocal classes, dance classes, theater classes. We've got a spot, and I think we offer a great value to this community. And uh, and we're just keep trying to keep on trying to grow. We're growing right now, and we look to get even bigger and bigger and just make more of a difference. And just be a healthy uh, retreat mentally, physically for people. And I think we need it now more than ever. You know, a, a healthy way to, to vent and to be able to express yourself and just Forget about everything else for a minute and go do something fun.
0: Well, I think that's what's so great about what you do. And obviously there's a performance aspect of what you do, but there's also the classes where uh, the growth can come in classrooms and in smaller settings as well. And again, FOAJonesboro.org has all of the information. And Michael, as always, we appreciate you taking time to talk to us. And I mean, we really hope that people get tuned in to what you guys are doing and, and find out more about FOA.
7: We thank you so much for having us. And y'all have a great day and a great new year. Happy new year to y'all. <laughs>
2: You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: Right here.
2: On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services.
0: We're joined this morning by Dr. Dana Watson from Families, Inc. Counseling Services. She is a clinical psychologist. She is a friend of the show. As a matter of fact, she says she believes she is smarter than Dr. Shane Spites. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that way? don't
4: get me murdered. I would never say that about him. I have so he, much respect. He does for him. that
1: stuff all the time. And he'll he s- I does. Know. No I don't. Yes, no I don't. Do. I didn't mean it on purpose. Uh-huh. On purpose. <laughs> I did it was he has an accident.
4: gotten us through he has gotten this whole community through COVID. Yeah. And I have so much respect for him.
0: No. He actually that poor guy had to see me yesterday. And what I realized what I've realized about Shane over the course of the last couple of days is how funny he is because uh, he tested me for, uh, you know, he did both COVID tests, he did the flu test, he did the strep test, and I sent him a text and said, "Hey, man, we're gonna, I'm gonna take you out to dinner." And he said, "Hey, I'm busy right now. I'm dealing with uh, real patients who are really sick."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! Like, yeah, that, bonus points yeah. for me for
0: that. Basically, like I'm making up my illness, Dana. I promise, mm-hmm. I'm really sick.
4: Yes. Yes. Well you do always have a place in my therapy room and you,
1: you most certainly
4: will be treated with the respect that you deserve. Oh, and
1: he deserves respect. I deserve Uh my own room. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's, you
0: know, we, we joke about that, but I want to talk to you about, you know, so many people make new year's resolutions, right? And it's the resolution to do this and we want to lose weight and we want to save money and there's all these different things. But, I did see some people say they wanted to, you know, use the new year and make the resolution to treat themselves better. And I think that's probably more important than any of the other stuff. And yet yeah, all kind of works together. But if mentally we take better care of ourselves, doesn't everything else kind of fall into place?
4: Yes. And, you know, I, too, just was inundated with days of uh, all kinds of advice on the Internet from what people should um resolved to do for the new year and what, they're, what they advise other people to do. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I posted myself that I was sitting there with a smile eating a donut because on nice. day one, I wanted to not have any kind of ideas or thoughts uh, of setting myself up for some huge goals that would inevitably lead to failure mm-hmm. and shame. And I just started the new year just, it was like a knowing smile that exactly what you said is correct. Um, taking care of your, resolving to take care of yourself, um, you know, and and be kinder to yourself and others. Maybe small behavioral changes, which mm-hmm. is what science says, is truly the only way that we'll be able to incorporate, you know, these little healthy behaviors into our life along the way. Um, I just knew that's what I was going to do this year. Of course, I'd had many many years of making big goals and mm-hmm. and not sticking to them. So it was it was a good soft opening to the new year.
0: I was watching some videos last night. I like to watch uh, these workout guys, these fitness guys, the mind pump guys. And they were talking about how so many people set themselves up to fail with the diet, right? Because we say, Hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. And then you lose 30 pounds and all of a sudden you hit the goal. And then where do you go from there? They, they were talking last night and something I made my wife come and listen to that really you need to enjoy the entire journey and think that the journey is the rest of your life. It's not, it's not three weeks. It's not six weeks, nine weeks, but The journey to getting healthier overall isn't something that you're trying to do in three months, but it's really something we should focus on for life. And I think that's the same thing with mental health. We're not going to fix ourselves and be better tomorrow because guess what? Life changes, situations change. We need to find ways to deal with ourselves every day for the rest of our lives.
4: Oh, yes, because, you know, just like you were talking about big goals, small goals, you know, some of the best advice that my patients have taken from adults or leaders throughout their lives have landed them in my therapy room, you know, and then we have to undo these years of shame and terribly damaging platitudes and deeply ingrained belief systems that are really hindering them from doing the work of healing. You know, how often they have been told if you just think positive and be grateful for all you have or don't be selfish. You have so much more than other people. Other people have it worse than you do. Or you don't need medication if your faith is strong enough. And you know, or, or you know, to people who have eating disorders, just eat more. You know, there's just so much damaging advice that can go around.
0: Well, we get that from the people that we turn to, that we trust. Let's say it's either closest friends, it's our parents, it's our family. We believe they have our best interests at heart, but literally they're just doing what they've learned from their parents and their friends. Uh, and right. you guys, if you're if you're talking to somebody who does this for a living, a therapist, a clinical psychologist, you're talking to somebody who's who's been on this journey with hundreds, if not thousands of other people, and you've seen what truly can uh, work for people.
4: Yes, my grandmother, I will say, is one of the was one of the smartest and wisest women. So there are people in our lives who don't have maybe formal psychological training who really are healthy and can guide us or mentor us. But then there are times that we need to seek out a qualified behavioral health professional who has years and years and years of training and practice so that when we get to a place where we don't feel well, um, we're able to work with them, you know, and and, and kind of uncover and peel back some of the issues that we need to look at and, and make better decisions. And a lot of times people come into my office and they expect that they'll get really quick advice, mm-hmm. you know, just tell me how to do this. And I, and I say, I'm sure that you know how to do that. So really the question is, we work together to find out what's stopping you from doing that or what might be the best ways to put that into motion, and sometimes is what you think you want really the best thing for you. So there's a, a you know, therapy is a process. It's much more than a meme or, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, although I like all those too, Mm -hmm. but it is a long process um, of uncovering and rediscovering yourself, you know, and what is good for you. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Dr. Dana Watson is on with us this morning from Family Zinc. We're talking about, you know, mental health in the new year. A lot of us have people that we go to that we get to vent to, hey, I just needed to get this off my chest. Um, but sometimes we, we hold some of that stuff in, right? And then all of a sudden it becomes those little things, the, the saying, the small things become the big things. Uh, how do we know when it's time to, to maybe look into therapy as an option?
4: Well, that's a good question. You know, mental health, mental illness, I consider them on a the spectrum. So just like you can be physical, a little physically unwell, you know, sore throat, stumped toe, broken arm, mm-hmm. um, you can be a little mentally or emotionally unwell. Um, sometimes those issues happen um, after maybe a divorce or a traumatic event. You may experience depression or anxiety or maybe just a hormonal change or a chemical change in your brain, and that might be able to be resolved um with a short in a short amount of time with therapy and or medications mm-hmm. and then sometimes there are chronic illnesses mental and physical illnesses and we would treat those similarly as if they were on a spectrum and so some of them may be may require much more managing day to day and then some of them may be truly disabling for the mm-hmm. person and require more intensive care so um i think the i think the spectrum just to understand mental illness on a spectrum with mental health and know that they're not mutually exclusive and neither of them defines the person, right? Because you as a person can have an illness and not be defined by that, that not be the whole of you. It's really important to understanding what treatment is and certainly taking away the stigma. You
0: mentioned, uh, you know, we're going to check and see if we're emotionally unwell, uh would you say that that 90% of people are um you know that there's basically some type of emotional mental health need that they might have because i think if we, if we were to really get down to people we're going to be really honest almost everybody 9 out of 10 maybe more than that we all deal with something
4: we do all deal with something and we all and and it seems like you know um we're either in a storm just coming out of a storm or just going into a storm, right? right? I mean, our lives don't, we don't stay happy all the time. And we don't stay, you know, in in an unwell state all the time. We go we go up, we have highs, we have lows, um, just in the normal range of being, you know, a person, a human. And so, yeah, I think we always have something that we are dealing with. It might be a little bit of background noise, something that we're struggling with from the past. It might be something that's right in our faces and we know we have to deal with it right now. Um, But I don't think anybody gets to, I don't think any humans get to escape that condition. Yeah, That is the human condition.
0: And I think that's young and old, you know, and I don't think it's a bad thing to say, hey, we need somebody to talk to. But for a lot of people, you know, they've heard this or I'm going to get you help. You need somebody to talk to. And it's been told to us maybe from parents, grandparents or whatever as kind of a negative thing. Obviously, it's not a negative thing. But it can be scary and daunting for people to say, hey, I need help. I need somebody to talk to. What does that process look like for somebody?
4: I would say a couple of things about that. Number one, access to mental health is easier now than ever. You know, you've heard me say that this pandemic has opened up telehealth. So services can be received um, over, you know, um, telehealth visits either on the phone or with video. That's phenomenal for our, um, you know, our people and and our industry that access is so much easier to get to. And then the other thing is um, the work of therapy isn't always easy, but it is truly a beautiful thing to watch people feel supported and feel um, unashamed and feel understood and allow them to express themselves in ways they may never have done, felt secure enough to do, or, or believed that they would even be able to open up. The third thing I'd say is, Not every therapist is a great fit for every person. You know, I have gone to dentists and changed dentists. I have gone to other medical practitioners and changed, and they all have thriving practices. They just weren't for me. And so I encourage people to um, try mental health. Most of the time it will immediately be a, a great outcome because they're trained mental health professionals. But if not, you most certainly can try again, you know, make an appointment with another person. Um, And then I would say that the process is super easy. It is, if you were to reach out to Families, Inc., you call, we take some information, you get set up with a therapist in whichever way is more convenient for you in person or through telehealth. Of course, we have psychiatrists and nurse practitioners also in our clinic. So um, once you take the step of making the call, we kind of guide you from there
0: and so much, so many of us have life, you know, to what my buddy would say, and he's gone through, uh, you know, a different, uh, type of uh, program before it was like, a, he called it unpacking. You're unpacking your life. Basically you're going through and you're realizing that, Hey, maybe the way I feel here at the age of 44 was created by something that I did at the age of 12. And I think that once you realize that, that, you know, our life continues to change and evolve and all that stuff is still a part of our emotional well-being. And I think that's what a therapist can help you realize.
4: Yes, I, I believe that. I believe that sometimes when I unpack, I like to get a lot done on a Saturday, and sometimes I commit just a little bit of time. You know, I don't want to get overwhelmed with it. Yeah. In therapy, if you're going to use the unpacking analogy, I think that's good for therapy. Um, we unpack at the rate that the patient feels comfortable unpacking. You know, we it's uh, it, it's uh, I think that kind of demystifies it and makes it a little less scary. Yeah. People aren't going to, you know, the therapist won't force you or won't push you. Um, it's a process that you just engage in together and you do as you're comfortable um, and as you're you know, emotionally ready to do.
0: I think that's important for you to say because I think for some people, they might think they need help, but they might be embarrassed. Like, what are they going to force me to say? What are they going to drag out of me today? But truly, it, it's a teamwork. It's it's not that you're looking for information. You're looking to help, and it's it's really building a relationship and a team to get better going
4: forward. Absolutely. 100%.
0: So again, if you're looking for somebody, let's say somebody's listening right now, and they're looking for somebody to talk to, Families Inc. has locations all across uh, Northeast Arkansas. Uh, Familiesinc.net has more information. You can also call for information at 870-933-6886. And Dr. Watson, as always, we appreciate your time and you give such great information. And we just appreciate you letting us be a part of your week.
4: Happy New Year to both of you, and thank you as well. You too,
0: Doctor Dana. And shout
4: out to Doctor Spite.
0: Oh yeah, you said you're smarter than him, right?
1: No. Brandon.
0: Uh, anyway, Dr. Dana Watson on the k fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is
2: the k fine Breakfast Club.
4: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the
2: show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
0: We're joined this morning by Megan Brown from the Hope Found of Northeast Arkansas. Uh, this is January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And Megan, we've talked to you multiple times in the past about how A lot of us, we hear about human trafficking and we're going, oh, my gosh, that happens in New York, Chicago, L.A. And we don't realize that that happens in Arkansas, too.
5: Yes, absolutely. Um, You're exactly right. Many people think that this is something that just happens, you know, overseas or maybe in larger cities. Um, But actually, human trafficking has been identified in in all 50 states, including Arkansas and including, you know, our community throughout northeast Arkansas. There have been human trafficking cases.
0: And that's so wild because to me, you know, until we really were introduced to you, I really didn't think we would, we would deal with that here. And then you started to kind of open our eyes to the ways that this can happen and how people um, and typically vulnerable people get kind of lured in. And I think before we get to talking about the ways you guys are going to be raising money to support your organization, let's give people a basic overview of what human trafficking is and then how people get almost, I hate to say tricked, but almost tricked into it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery where a person is, is profiting and they're making money off exploiting somebody. They're selling them for either sex work or for labor services. And you're absolutely right. They get tricked into um, this type of situation. And so think about the most vulnerable people in your community. Um, and if you can visualize that and traffickers can also see those vulnerable people too, and so that could be our kids. Of course, they're mm-hmm. all vulnerable, but also the, the the homeless community, those that are in, you know foster care, um, those that struggle with substance abuse. Um, you know, they all have a vulnerability that traffickers are looking to exploit.
0: And how would you say they they find these people? Because it's not like you're just walking down you know through a retail store and saying, "Hey, I think this person is." Is the next person that we're going to try to, to you know get right. involved with human trafficking? How are they finding them?
5: Right, absolutely. So many people think that oh, these you know traffickers are kidnapping people off the street. You know they're using forceful tactics to to get them into trafficking. And it's actually you know much different. They use psychological means in order to recruit them. So they they may get to know them and develop a friendship or a romantic relationship with them. You know they groom them. Um, they trick or defraud them into thinking that they can provide something that that person is missing. Right. So whether it's um, love and affection, whether it's money, um, you know, there's whatever that victim, targeted victim is lacking, that trafficker is going to try to fill in their life. And then that's how they get them into an ex- explo- exploitive situation.
0: Well, it's a process too, because they're they're building the trust. And I think that's what is probably yeah. the most scary thing. Is it's not like all of a sudden one day you're normal and then all of a sudden you're being uh, you're in a trafficking situation. This is somebody you've probably developed a a long standing relationship with, and all of a sudden you, you got in too deep.
5: Yes. So traffickers rely on a gradual expansion of boundaries right. and an increase in trust. And there's no real time limit. It can take a few weeks. It can take several months. It can take even you know a year. It just really depends on how long it takes for that targeted victim to, you know, trust the, the trafficker who honestly, you know, it could be, is obviously somebody they know. It can be somebody, it can be a family member. It can be mm-hmm. their boyfriend or girlfriend, um, you know, a parent, even a spouse. So.
0: Wow. Let's talk about how Hope Found is looking to help people in Northeast Arkansas then, because uh, obviously, you know, we want to find ways that we can help uh, support your mission, which is to raise awareness. But how do you help people in this situation?
5: So, we fight human trafficking through prevention and restoration. So we provide education um, throughout the community, specifically focusing on vulnerable populations to let them know how to you know why they're being targeted and how to protect themselves from a trafficking situation. And then we also are able to walk alongside a survivor of human trafficking, you know, helping them get back on their feet and regain you know the control and the and their voice over their life. And so that may be connecting them to, stable housing, helping them find stable employment, or getting back into um, some type of, you know, um, school. Um, It could be, you know, helping them get connections to mental health or getting their medical um, care, you know, taken care of. And so whatever, you know, that person is needing, um, we're able to help, you know, um, provide that and connect them to resources.
0: It seems like over the course of the last uh, year or two, a lot of people are trying to help you and help Hope Found. You know we've uh, we've been able to get the word out and people know about what's going on. And there's multiple fundraising events happening in January for Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Uh, let's talk about what's happening. I guess it's kind of all kicks off this coming weekend.
5: Yes. So um, first and foremost, we're so incredibly thankful for all the local businesses that are partnering with us this month. And so on Saturday, January eighth. Um, it kicks off at Huntington Square we have um Port 30 Burgos and Donbury um donating a donating 10% of their total sales to us if you know you go and eat there this weekend and so nice. anytime whether it's lunch or dinner they also provide curbside you know call in your order they'll bring it out to you um, and we would love it you know if people could you know go eat there this weekend
0: that'd be great and again 10% goes toward uh, Hope Found that's happening this coming Saturday the 8th Uh, And then you mentioned that you have multiple other things coming up. I know you're going to partner with a a friend of ours, the team at Chicken Salad Chick.
5: Yes. So Monday, um, between 4 and 8, you can go and grab some dinner, some delicious chicken salad at Chicken Salad Chick. And they're also going to be donating 10% of their total sales back to us. And so we're definitely looking forward to that. And then the big day is actually January um, 11th. It's Tuesday the 11th. It's actually Human Trafficking Awareness Day, and the color blue is the designated color for human trafficking awareness and prevention. And so we encourage everyone to wear something blue um, and tag us on Facebook, you know, so that you're raising awareness about human trafficking. But on that day, we have Gearhead Outfitters. They are donating a percentage of their total sales to us that day if you go in there and, and shop and purchase something from them. Then we have Andy's Frozen Custard. You can go to either location on Highland or Redwood Boulevard, and if you mention us when you're with your purchase, they'll donate a dollar right. back to us. And then, last but not least, we have Panera Bread Company, and they are donating 20% of their total sales um, wow. from that day. However, you do have to show a specific flyer to them with your purchase, and so we have shared that flyer on social media and our newsletter, and if. You need that flyer. You can show it on your phone or you can sure. print it out. You can obviously connect with us and we'll send that to you. But you got to show it to them in order for us to get the credit.
0: That's, that's great, though, that you have so many different places and high profile places that are willing to help Hope Found. So let's say there's somebody out there who wants to find out more. Maybe they're concerned about this. They want to join the mission, or maybe they know somebody who uh, they're afraid might be involved in a trafficking type of a situation. How can people find out more about Hope Found?
5: They can give us a call um, at one 688 4673 That's our helpline slash, you know, information line. Mm-hmm. They can call and learn more about Hope Found. They, they can request the human trafficking presentation because we would love to continue, you know, spreading awareness throughout this month. And just continue to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, because we'll also be sharing human trafficking education on there as well.
0: All right, Megan Brown joins us this morning, all about Hope Found of Northeast Arkansas. And again, we appreciate your time this morning. And don't forget, the Huntington Square fundraiser is this coming Saturday, the 8th. And uh, Megan, we appreciate your time this morning.
5: Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. All You're
2: listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning,
1: right here
2: on the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. All right. We're
0: joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care with Wet Nose Wednesday. Good morning, Doc. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. How are y'all doing?
0: We're good. good. Uh, hey, I do have a question because, uh, you know, we took last week off for a New Year deal. And I know you you guys have been really busy with boarding and stuff like that. And now that we're here in the new year, um, I want you to tell me about our pets and the way they react when we're sick. Because when Leslie had COVID and she was isolated from us for like 10 days, our German shepherd wouldn't leave her side. And I couldn't figure it out. Does he really know that she's sick or what is it with especially dogs that uh, that allows them to to sense that kind of stuff?
3: Yeah, I think they're in a tune with our, you know, with our emotional and and uh, well-being. And, and I think what happens is they, you know, they can sense a change in the normal activity patterns, behavior pat- patterns of us as their owners. And, uh, you know, I'm sure she wasn't her normal self by any means, and 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 they you know they they get that they understand and I think that's just their concern and they want to stay close and you know try to do anything they can to help and uh, uh, you know I think that happens a lot of times they can they can understand when we're stressed or ill or you know any change in our normal uh, behavior. So you think it's more of a behavioral thing? It's not like
0: they have the the I guess a uh, scent through their nose that something's wrong. Like they can't smell illness, but they just know based on based on our personality and how we uh, interact with them?
3: Well, you know, we've talked before about their keen sense of smell. And I think, you know, if there's any changes, maybe if the biochemistry, uh, you know, they can obviously smell that and detect that. And, and, you know, who knows if somebody has COVID or the flu, um, you know, there may be some changes in um, the chemicals that our body um, pr- produces. And, and obviously they can detect that. It's interesting. So uh, we
0: always turn to you and say, hey, tell us something that we don't know. Teach us something on the radio this morning. That's one of the things we love about Wet Nose Wednesday. So if I present it to you, our first lesson of 2022, what would you teach us today?
3: Well, you know, we all see obese cats. Obesity does occur in cats. But not every cat that looks like it has a big belly is overweight. In fact, if if you've got a cat... Right now around you, just just look as we t- discuss this. Uh, I know you don't have a cat there. Brandon, you can look at Kelly. Right. But if you notice uh. that <laughs> underneath side, and if you watch a cat walk, uh, and this goes from pretty much the length of their abdomen, but it's especially noticeable right under their rear legs. Yeah. They've got that flap of skin and, and uh, fat that kind of sways back and forth. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's pretty much normal in all cats. And even the the big cats uh leopards and lions and tigers uh the wild cats have this too um it's actually it was given a name called the primordial pouch okay and we don't really know you know what it's for. there's been some theories uh uh from scientists and even armchair scientists that try to figure it out, but like I said, it's positioned along the length of the cat's belly and um they vary in size. You know, some cats are not very detectable, and others you can, like I said, when they walk across, if you're from the seeing them from a side view, you'll see these little pouches yeah. flop back and forth, and as it runs or walks fast. And th- there's three probably main theories. And the first one, and this may be the most most likely, uh, is what why they're there for is that it's there as a protective layer against their in- to protect the internal organs uh, when they're fighting, oh, and. You know, if you've ever seen two cats play fight or two cats real fight, you know, the the defend, uh, the, the defensive position is for the one cat to get on its back and, uh, you know, the other cat is usually biting it on top of it. And they, the one on its back will bunny kick, you know, with its back legs and, you know, their claws are sharp. Um, mm. And so uh, when they're kicking at the uh, cat, the aggressor cat on top, you know, the, that abdomen is probably close to their back feet. And so, you know, if there was no, if it was just skin and the abdominal muscle, it's very likely that, that those claws could, you know, even penetrate the abdomen and possibly damage the internal organs. Oh, wow. So it provides that extra extra layer there. Now, the cat on the bottom, you know, usually the cat is, uh, the aggressor cat is biting them in the belly or trying to or somewhere on the underside. And so it's doing the same thing. as protecting against those, those teeth uh, teeth injuries. Um, but it's interesting, uh, one, another theory is that, you know, their flexibility, cats have pretty loose skin anyway, you know, you can pick up the skin around the, their shoulders of their neck, and right. I think that's what allows them the extra flexibility and agility, um, you know, they can really jump farther distances, and one theory is that, uh, that that allows them to move faster, it stretches and does give them that extra, you know, extra space, uh, for their body to to uh, extend and flex, and um, it's um, – I saw one analogy where even it might be something similar to what flying squirrels have. You know, they don't really have wings, but they have these little flaps um, between their front and back legs that – so it may – you know, I don't – never seen any studies done on the aerodynamics of this, but it's possible that when they jump long distances and they kind of spread those legs out – it may, you know, give them a little uh, a parachute effect. Yeah. Uh, we do know that cats that have what's called the high-rise syndrome, cats that fall out of tall buildings, and and you know, there's been reports cats can can uh, fall ten stories, and you know, they right themselves where they all their four of their legs are pointing downwards, and they kind of uh, extend the front and back legs out, and and it's amazing how many of these cats can survive. Distance falls like that with nothing more than maybe, a, you know, a, a bruise or possibly a fracture, but but a lot of times these falls aren't fatal, and I think, you know, that parachute effect with those pouches probably helps for that. Um, and then some people say that, well, it's a place where they store fat, so when they're not eating, um, you know, out in the wild especially, they, they store fat in, in that pouch for sustenance, you know, for days afterwards when they haven't eaten. But that's probably not true because there's not a lot of fat in there. It's mostly skin, loose skin. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Even some of these uh, statues, uh, Egyptian feline statues, when you look at them closely, they have incorporated in uh, from the sculptor, the, the person that did it, these pouches. So, you know, this isn't a new thing. And, and this has probably been with our wildcats all along. And the domestic cats, as they evolved, you know, kept that. Uh, Trait too, so it's just kind of interesting. Like I said, nobody knows for sure, but uh, it probably evolved as a way of of uh, extra layer of protection, most likely.
0: There you go. It's the primordial pouch on cats. Something we didn't know today until he brought it to us. Mm -hmm. That's why we do Windows
3: Wednesday. One thing I've observed uh, that uh, just a personal observation: the primordial pouches in humans are much better looking tanned than untanned. Ring the bell for that guy right there. He is the man you
0: need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Find out more about VetCare if you go to vet com or on Facebook. Just search VetCare Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, we appreciate you and we'll talk to you next week, man.
7: Have a great week. Thanks.
2: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
0: So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, you'll hear our chat with Dr. Shane Spites. He details what it's like to treat me as a patient.
1: And we all feel sorry for him.
0: Uh, (laughs) Thanks Kelly. We also talked to Dr. Dana Watson, who actually said she was smarter than Dr. Spites. Um, What? Mm -mm. So we talked to her about mental health and the resolution to take better care of ourselves. As we look at 2022, Uh, Michael Weavers from FOA Jonesboro was on Megan Brown from hope found of Northeast Arkansas was here with us today. We also talked to Dr. Kevin Reed from VetCare. He talked about the primordial pouch in cats.
1: Nice remember. Wow.
0: Nice remember.
1: I mean, way to remember that. Sorry, nice get, whatever I was trying to say. But I'm really surprised you remembered that word.
0: No, it's written down right here, Kelly. Oh,
1: (laughs) uh (laughs) uh-huh.
0: So anyway, you guys can check out the full show on the podcast. It is the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, available wherever
1: you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? The second season premiere of I Can See Your Voice, the 32nd season premiere of The Amazing Race, catfish on mtv tonight's schedule also includes the return of chicago med chicago fire chicago pd and the chase
0: all right hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on brandon baxter in the morning